What's up, everybody? This is Joel Barsky with the Irie Chad Podcast. Our guest today is stand-up comic Crystal Powell. You may have seen her on top platforms such as NBC, Comedy Central, and more. She's recently been on the Vivica A. Fox Presents Funny by Nature comedy tour, and we'd love to give her a call just for a chat. Listen to us talk about her being on America's Got Talent, working as a professional football player, and much more. So enjoy our Irie chat as we say what's up to Crystal Powell. Crystal Powell, what's up? How you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you today? Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate it. So how's the whole COVID situation been for you? Whew. Well, I'm happy and grateful to be alive and healthy and still with a place, you know, a roof over my head. But COVID has been strenuous, like, because California is one of the states that we're still not open. Like, I've, I've started doing comedy again. We're getting back on the road. But there's no place. There are a couple of outdoor places that we can actually um do some stand up, but we're not open. So it's just, it's really been tough, but just things like this, as far as, you know, you and I talking virtually, it's showing us that, you know, we can still get inside people's living rooms if we want. We just got, you know, anytime you got to pivot, you got to, you got to figure out what, what the next best move is. And that's what's going on so far. So what have you started doing as for hobbies during the quarantine? Have you been doing like a lot of what Netflix that a lot of people do? Or have you tried to go outside and doing stuff? Well, I will tell you like that. So on that, on that note, on the health tip, as far as my working out, just because and shout out to all my candy corn lovers out there, because it is the season. Oh, yeah. Um, So I eat horribly. And I knew (laughs) that I couldn't sit at home and get you know, fat. So at first I got into, I'm a cyclist now. I was, I'm up to like 25, 30 miles when I get on my bike. But my latest deal that I've been studying the last couple of months is jujitsu and uh, Muay Thai. And uh, I am excited about it. Like it's really shredded my body. Like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but No, but it really, really, you know, of course, I've got more pounds that I want to lose. And that's what I keep trying to tell them. Like, I'm not trying to ever, I'm never going to fight anyone ever. At least I don't think so. I don't know the way this climate is set up right now. Yeah, It might be time for me to know my left hook and from my jab to my cross. But I just got into it to, you know, try to um, lose some weight and, and get fit. And now I'm addicted to it. Like every day, like when I'm not working out, that's really what's gotten me through COVID because, you know, I live alone. So, and we're not open. And, and the best deal is my girlfriend, um, team bully buster. She owns that gym. So it's only, it's like a small family. We're not allowing a lot of people in there. And it's truly what saved me. I, I, if I didn't have it, it's really given me something to look forward to and to, to get my mind off of what's on the news and what's on social media and what's surrounding me, even though I still want to know about it. But sometimes you got to just take a break. Oh, yeah. Well, and yeah. I did see some postings of you actually doing some I guess, <laughs> training and stuff. And you were kicking hard. And I mean, I do a little boxing myself, so I can, can tell like you really can kick some ass. Well, I don't know about kicking nobody's ass, but I know for sure I can kick the hell out of a bag. So much to whereas <laughs> CBD oil is my new best friend. I don't know oh, yeah. if I have more hand sanitizer, 
or CBD oil and aspirin. But either way, it's keeping me sane. It's keeping me fit and healthy, keeping my mind, keeping my mind occupied. And I love it. I'm super excited about it. Well, CBD is pretty popular, especially for with uh, like martial art fighters and UFC fighters. So how do you feel yeah. that it helps you? I feel that it helps me. Well, one thing about myself, this is a fun fact about myself. I can share this with you guys because I learned it myself since I've been fighting. Well, training, not fighting, but training. I didn't know that in my sleep, I crossed my legs. So now I know because when anytime I cross my legs and one leg is on the other, it wakes me up out of my sleep immediately because oh, wow. it's so painful from kicking the bags. So CBD definitely it helps me out. Like there's one I wish I could even plug them. That's how great it is, <laughs> and this is a free plug. But I put it on my leg on my shins because you know everyone in the the. The Muay Thai world says, you don't need your shin. That's a bat. I'm like, I need my shin. I oh, yeah. want my shin and I need it. But I put it on before every, uh, for every, before I work out, after I work out and I'm and I can sleep through the night because I was getting ready to get rid of my down comforter just because it was so heavy on my shins. And it was just so painful when I would go to bed at night. But now with my CBD oil, I'm all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I usually use it for the drops to help me go to sleep, but I do like do vaping sometimes, especially if mm. I go to the beach and relax. I, I mean, I do a lot of exercise myself. I, I try to do a variety of things. I'm always doing yoga too, just stretching my body out just because I suffer through mm. back pain. But yeah, I feel like CBD oil really helps me a lot, especially in your mood. Um, it really just makes you more of a calmer person. Yeah. And I, that's good for you. Cause I've been, I just, um, had a massage the other day and then I had them stretch me out and he was telling me with as intense of a workout that I'm doing, I really need to try yoga, but yoga, listen, everyone thinks that, Oh, you're just stretching. Man, my body, you know, just off stretch. <laughs> so kudos to you and all the yoga people out there. I want to get into that a lot more because they say it's amazing for your body for people like you said with back pains or, or muscle pains and cramps and stuff they say it's really good and I, I i need that but i get so embarrassed when because look this is how you know this is what i have real close to me i had to get one of these guys to cheat because i can't lean all the way down like oh yeah i'm not flexible oh, yeah. At all. I don't know if that's going to mess up my dating oh, yeah. game, but <laughs> I get so embarrassed when I'm like, how is it that I just can't oh, even yeah. stretch my body? And I'm a girl. So yeah. I'm trying to learn it to, uh, to get better at it. So kudos to you, but I can tell you have a lean frame and that's what I want. Like, thank you. You know, I got a turkey, <laughs> turkey sausage around my neck as a choker. So <laughs> oh, no, you look perfect to me. Don't worry about that. Thank you. Thank, I'll take it. I'm one for the compliments. Thank you, sir. I receive it. <laughs> and I, I think I heard somewhere your goal was trying to lose some weight during this quarantine. Is that correct? Yes. I am down now almost 30 pounds. Oh, nice. And you know, in Hollywood, you know, they want you to be bone thin. And I'm from the South. I love food. Like gravy oh, yeah. gets me excited. Biscuit. Like I love food. Like oh, yeah. I am that person. If I'm having a bad day, I'm going to eat something really good. And I feel like the world should eat what they want. You should be able to eat whatever your oh, tummy yeah. wants you to eat. Like if we got to wait, stand in line to vote for 14 hours, Doggone it, you should be able to have a cookie or two. Matter of fact, take your, take your cookies <laughs> to the polls. 
Okay? While yeah. you're waiting in line, eat your cookies all you want. And I dare somebody to say something to you because that's oh, yeah. just really ugly. Yeah, but I believe I love food. So, you know, yeah. I'm trying to lose a little bit more so that I can, because, you know, that I don't need that extra 10 pounds that the camera adds to you when you do television. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you've been actually cooking a lot more too, or just learning how to cook during the Look at you! Look, come on! Come on, research! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because at first, I was so, listen, I didn't realize about this about myself, but I am a huge worry wart. I'm a little bit on the paranoid side. And I used to believe in, if it wasn't me going out to eat, I was a Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates. But then during the pandemic, I kind of got a little worried about it because this is when the media was saying, oh, it's airborne. It's not airborne. It can live on hard stuff. Like, I didn't know what to do. So I was just like, all right, if you hungry, (laughs) you're going to figure out and learn how to cook. Oh, yeah. I went got this little like uh, iron cast grill to go on stop on top of my stove. And it was the best thing that I could have done. So, yes, I can cook now. It's still not not like my sisters and, you know, like my Aunt Betty's and people back from home because I can't even call them to ask them for direct like, in you know, recipe because they don't want it. They don't believe in a tablespoon and a three fourths or a cup. They'd be like, just put a teach of flour and a teach of sugar. What is a teach? First oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. how am I going to learn how to cook? So it's nothing like theirs. And I would never put my dish next to anyone, any of the women in my family. However, it's good enough for me. I'm not having to go to urgent care. I'm not having any food poisoning. And it actually, some of it is really, really good. Like some of it, I'm telling you, but it could be better and I'm learning and I'm excited about it because it gives me something to do. I have every, my apartment is so many, it's a gym, it's a kitchen, it's a studio, like (laughs) It's a cinema in the back. Like we just had to make do. We had to make do. But the question is, now that we've found out that we can do all these things and we can make life just with this, what are you going to do when you can? When you are able to go back, are you going to just be like, "I'm ready to get back," or are you going to say, "I'm kind of cool in my place where it's safe because I made it work"? Oh yeah. Well, one thing I've been trying to do is since I've lived near the beach, I got into spear fishing. But I haven't caught any fish, but I'm trying to get to the point where I catch it. And then I was going to, what's it called? Like remove the scale. Yeah. And I I heard you actually mentioned that you know how to remove scales with a spoon. I have a knife, yes. but I never heard so, of a nah, spoon. All you got to do is get you a tablespoon, you get you a perch, and you... Oh, man. And that'll take the scales off. Yes, I am a country girl. I grew up on deer sausage and squirrel meat. I would oh, never man. eat squirrel meat again because I saw a video online of a squirrel tearing up a cobra snake. And I'm like, I don't think I should be eating anything that can kill a cobra. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we used to fish growing up. We had a huge, like, I can't remember how big, but it was really, really large, at least maybe a block. And it was a hog pen and it was full of like feces and yuck and all this. Oh, and man. me and my cousins, I can say it out loud. Um, I'm okay with it. We would jump out of the truck and, and get in that shit. Oh, literally. Wow. And oh, I'm wow. like, what were you thinking? But, but I'm also the kid that grew up drinking out of a water hose when I was outside. Cause my mama was not having it in and out, in and out. 
first off, at six and seven, how dare I ask my mama for a bottle of water? It's like oh, yeah. this water hose out there. You let it run for the first couple of seconds to let everything come on out. Oh, yeah. And then you let the cool water catch up and you turn your head to the side and you drink the water and then it's going to run all the way to the side by your ear. Oh, yeah. But you were a cool kid. You were okay. <laughs> so I don't, I'm glad that I grew up in a small country town. I think it, it gave me my manners today. Like if somebody holds the elevator for me, I'm going to, ooh, thank you. Or if someone lets me over in traffic, I'm going to throw my hand up and say thanks. And I think that all comes from growing up in the South because it, it, I was crazy when I moved to New York and was like, what? They, they call this the melting pot? This can't be the melting pot. Nobody gives me eye contact in the elevator. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh no, that's just New York. And I was like, so you don't even wave or speak or say hello? Yeah. Like They were like, they think you're an insurance adjuster because you keep saying <laughs> hello to everyone. I was like, man. And that, that comes from the South. That comes from oh, the yeah. South. You're actually part of an interesting tour in which you're currently doing the Vivica A. Fox Funny by Nature comedy tour. I think I've heard it's also they're doing it virtually, too, and also in other locations. I think they're going to I've heard going to Houston as well. So how's that tour coming along? That tour is coming up going great. We first originated like we first started before the pandemic and we were super excited about it. And, and then of course, pandemic started. And then we had a show because, you know, we've gone through so many different breaks during this whole pandemic. Um, so July 1st weekend, we were in Atlanta. That was going to be like our test run to see how it was going to be. And I'll promise you, I was just like worried. I was like, nobody's going to come. Why are we doing this? And, you know, cause they had limited, um, seating. So they have to cut down occupancy. And for as many seats that we were allowed to have, they were sold out. There were, there were seats and seats. And I was just like, oh my God. So I was excited, but we were nervous at the same time. And so this time that we're coming up next weekend will be the, the first time that we've done it since then. We took another hiatus just to see how we all felt about it. And I'm, I'm excited about it because everyone's, like you mentioned, everyone's not comfortable being out. So we are allowing yeah. them to uh, to watch it virtually. You can go to besmoothent.com. And yes, on Friday, we'll be in Austin at Victory Grill. Saturday, we're in Houston at Grooves. And then Sunday, we're in Dallas at Hyenas. But all three of those shows can be seen virtually just by going to besmoothent.com. So I get it like... People think that the whole cliche saying, oh, you got to laugh to keep from crying. Like, seriously, like if I were to take myself so super seriously, like I got so upset today that I got a shirt out of the cleaners, wore it for one meeting. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to change my hair and change my lipstick. But of course, greedy gumdrops got pasta all over my chest. And I had to just laugh at it. First, I was like, man, I just got this out of the cleaners. You know, when you get stuff out of the cleaners, at least I do, I wear it two or three times. It's not just a one banger and out of there. So, you know, you got to laugh at yourself. And that's what we need. Like, we have to be able to not take ourselves so serious because we do know that we have some way serious, more serious you know, things that we need to tackle and, and talk about. So it's it's okay to give yourself a break, not be super hard on yourself, because that's what we love to do. We love to beat ourselves up. And it's like, we got to stop that, man, because we're going through a rough time. So if you eat, need to eat some Cheetos or some powdered donuts, oh, yeah. you know, drink your beer or have you <laughs> a goblet of wine, go do it. Do what makes you happy. Because if you're not happy, you can't make the people around you happy which are your children, your spouses, your families, you know, so take care of you tonight. You need to go home and, you know, do something fancy for yourself. Have you some fun, 
beautiful blue eyes. You, your earbuds match your eyes. Those oh, are just so you. handsome. Have thank y'all you. seen it? I'm sure I'm, the listeners are like, we seen it. <laughs> he handsome. <laughs> oh, y'all got him blushing. I got him blushing. <laughs> But you mentioned the virtual shows. So have you got a chance to do any open mics or attending any virtual shows yourself? Listen, no, I have. I've been doing Zoom comedy, mm-hmm. which if if my manager heard me say this, and she probably will, I hate them because I can't get, you know, comics. We we live for the crowd. We live for interaction. We, yeah. we hear, our, you know, a singer is just going to and just finish until their note is done. But with yeah. us, you know, we we sit in a joke longer if you're having fun or we get off a joke or a subject quicker if you're not having fun. So you have no idea what your audience is doing because they're on Zoom. But as far as like an actual show, I haven't had any and I'm nervous. I have one show tomorrow here in L.A. Um, with Tiffany King. So I'm happy that that way, at least my feet will hit a stage before I actually get in front of a paid crowd and friends of mine that have been doing it after not, you know, performing, they're like, girls like riding a bike. And once you get up there, you know, it's all going to oh, come yeah. back, but it's just, it's nerve wracking. And, and I realized that nerves, anytime I got the bubble guts and my nerves is bad and I'm sweating between, you know, behind my kneecaps and up under places that you probably don't know nothing about. That just means I really <laughs> want to do well. <laughs> That just means I want to do well. So I am nervous because I haven't been performing, but I think the world understands that we all need each other. I need to perform in front of them as much as they need to see me perform. And it's therapy for all of us. So I think they'll give me a little bit of break if I need some WD-40, which I'll have on deck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you did actually do an interesting social distancing stand-up for America's Got Talent for, I think it was season 15, and where you just actually performed for just the judges. I don't think there was actually a live or a large audience there. So how was it performing for just the judges themselves? Well, because of who the judges were, you know, Howie Mandel, Simon Cowell, you know, because of who they were, I was nervous out of my mind, but it didn't bother me that I was performing in front of no one because as comedians all know, no matter what your level, you've performed in front of five friends before, which is probably either your friends or just other comics. So because of, you know, the comedy grind in itself along the years, like you can be at San Diego Civic Center on a Friday night in front of 5,000 people and then come to a small boutique show in LA and it's 15. So that part I was already, um, I was, I was, I was used to doing that part when not having a crowd. It was just being in front of, you know, Simon Cowell and Howie Mandel. And these guys are career changers, you know, just that platform alone is, is one of the largest platforms a comedian can actually perform oh, yeah. on. So that part, I was super nervous. But once it, once I got going and we did have like the crew, which, you know, shout out to the gaffers, lighters, all those set producers, all, because they got to watch. And once you heard those guys chuckle, you were like, OK, I'm doing something right now. Oh, yeah. So it was it was a great experience and I'm super grateful for it. Don't get me wrong. I, I had that moment because I'll never forget it was March 13th when we actually started filming and I'm superstitious. And I was like, Oh Lord, it's Friday the 13th. Please don't let me hear that buzzer. So I'll never forget. And then it was really scary for me because right. We filmed uh, March 13th and then around March 16th production contacted me and said, Hey, 
Um, another comedian on the show has COVID, so you might want to get tested. And this was oh, way man. back in the beginning when the hospitals would tell you, can you breathe? Okay, then we'll come back later. What? Oh, man. <laughs> Did you just hear me say that I was in close contact taking a mouth open? You know when you take those photos when your mouth is open? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of picture I'm taking with him. And because he was a comedian, that's who I hung out with the most because you're going to oh, hang man. out with like-minded people. Yeah. And then to find out, thank God, big ups to Michael Yo, thank God he's okay now. But it was really scary. And I just was like, uh, so wait, what? So it was, it was... It was quite the experience, but I tell you that too, because we didn't know. And, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to advance on because I didn't have a place to perform. And I'll never forget. I have a great story with that because we were doing it virtually. We went every different place in my apartments. I live on a major street. So we were even trying to put me in front of my apartment complex and have everyone come out on their patios and have me do it with them. And it was just no place. And so I'll never forget. I'll tell you that night, my girlfriend was over. She um, was here with me when we filmed. And I remember looking at her and I was like, I think I'm upset. And she goes, you have every right to be. And so I was upset. I was in my feelings like, uh, woe is me. That night coming home around 1.30, because I had to take her back home because she stayed over with me. I get a phone call and I'm already in my worst mood. And on top of that, it was private. So it's booty call hours and it's private. So you already know when I picked up the phone, it was like, hello. And it was an English lady. And she goes, oh. Hello, um, I'm sorry, it's Crystal Powell there. And I was like, well, this can't be a bill collector because yeah. it's after nine. <laughs> so I got myself together and I was like, yes, this is she. How can I help you? It's freaking Simon. Oh, wow. And he goes, that felt horrible. And I wanted to say, you think? But I was just so excited that he called me and he was like, hey, he goes, I liked you the minute you stepped out on that stage. He goes, yeah. and I love you even more now for standing up for yourself. He was like, you know, unfortunately, this is just where we're at with COVID. But he goes, I promise you, if you can just keep moving forward, he goes, you have such a bright future. That was all I needed. I said, y'all heard what Simon said, right? (laughs) So, you know, that's what made me get out of my, I don't even want to say I was depressed, but I was upset about it. But, you know, you can never take it off of my resume. I have a great story to tell about Simon Cowell. And I, I auditioned, made it on and made it around on America's Got Talent and as myself doing my craft. And and that's amazing for a, a, a little girl out of Tatum, Texas. So I, I, I have no complaints except for to have more money and, and lose a few more pounds. But I think that's everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least. <laughs> Did you get a chance to meet Terry Crews? Because I think he was also like the host or I saw him during the. Yes, Terry Crews is the host. I got to see him do the peck chest in person. And that's yes, ladies, thing. they do jump up and down. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> and what people didn't realize too, he is an amazing, his shoe game. Terry Crews has an amazing shoe game. I, I, I'm like Tony Baker. I never knew. But uh, he was great. He was uh, very, very encouraging. And before you go out on stage, he, you know, talks to you and tries to, you know, get your mind right and get your nerves right and let you know. Also, like, man, it's it's almost like a great moment before you hit the stage because he reminds you, wow, look where you're at. And, yeah. and that's what I have to do with myself, like, right now, like, because of COVID and because we're all inside and it just happened, like, until I do interviews or until I'm around other comics, you know, you forget 
And I, and this goes for people that work that are teachers that, you know, are musicians or that, you know, are engineers. A lot of times we can accomplish a goal. And once we accomplish it, it's history. It's like on to the next. No, we need to sit in that and celebrate. Oh, yeah. celebrate ourselves. You know what I mean? Cause we're, it's nothing wrong with continuously wanting to advance and to better yourself, but oh, yeah. we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis of how badass we are each and every last one of us. And it don't have to just be entertainment. Like I know some teachers out there that are getting raises that y'all really, really need because oh, yeah. everyone realizes that they kid little Timmy is bad now that they've <laughs> actually had to raise them and homeschool them. So those teachers that are getting those raises, Hey, don't move on sit in that race, sit in the fact that someone recognized you and oh, your yeah. great work to, to give you more money. And that's beautiful. And, and that's what I had to do with myself and continuously remind myself, come on, bitch, you good. You straight. Yeah. You, <laughs> you all right. It's just, <laughs> the world is shut down right now. So I just try to bask in the things that I'm grateful for, which are my health, you know, my family having a roof over my head and, and the rest. I know, I don't know when, but I am faithful that it'll come. And you were great on America's Got Talent. And obviously, it's unfortunate that you couldn't pursue further with it. So I'm curious, like, what got you interested in trying out for America's Got Talent in the first place? So (laughs) I saw like a couple of years ago, I saw I was like, I saw a comedian on there It was Preacher Lawson. I loved him on there. And then I was like, man, so then even after that, I saw it was Jackie Fabulous. She's another comedian that done it. And I was like, I want to do this. So last year, I actually went to audition before this season. And I started feeling myself because the line was long. And I was like, I'm Crystal Powell. I'm not sitting in that line. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that. But then the more I watched and the more I watched, I was like, let me go get in this line real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally... Went and got into got in line, and then I did have another. Uh, she's gonna kill me, Nylia. She's a producer from there. She sought me out on Facebook. So between the two, me going back and forth with her, but I went through the full process of going to get a ticket, getting in line, staying there all day, and performing. So it was just something that I saw, and when I saw what it was doing to their careers, because every comedian that has been on that show tours the nation. They tour the nation. I think Lawson has a show right now. Jackie Fabulous is doing great. So that's what I wanted. And I went out, I went out to do it. I don't know if they would have me back for another season just because of how this one went. I hope that they would, but if they don't, I'm content with what happened because I get to talk to people like you. Once we open back up, I'm going to be full on back on the road and the the opportunities are, are endless. So I'm excited. Awesome. And before you got into company, I heard you actually had a couple of jobs. One of them I've heard you mention before is that you used to do professional football. So what were you doing in that field? Okay. So a lot of times I know the braids and the makeup and the glam will make you <laughs> think like, oh my God. But actually, yes, I am. I am an athlete first. Like I got, I went to an all black college, HBCU, big ups to Prairie View and So it was all about, you know, the, the way you look and now how you play. Yeah. But um, yes, I was working at a collection agency and it was NCAA time and we had a board up and there were there was me and another lady that were on the board and she looked at me and was like because I was winning 
And she said, oh, your boyfriend must be helping you with the bracket. And I'm like, why does a girl, why is it that I don't know about basketball? And she goes, you don't even look like you'd lie. She goes, I played football. So she bet me that I would come to, that I wouldn't come to her practice, which was football. Uh And that I would not make the team. So went to her practice, made the team. Now I will say this. It was two to three weeks before we put on pads. So the beginning was easy. It was just a lot. It was athleticism. It was yeah. running routes and drills and conditioning. So I was like, ha, this is easy. <laughs> Until the coach said, okay, now we're going to put on pads and we're going to go full oh, contact. Yeah. I was like, and even then I was like, long as you fast. And no, sir. Nope. Nope. Oh, no nope. respect football players. I really respect the NFL because that's the highest level. And those guys, I mean, you got a receiver that's anytime you got a receiver that's six, four, that's, that's big man. So I'll never forget. I started off as, um, as a receiver until I got body rocked one good time and Uh I'll never forget laying on the ground. And my girlfriend came, um, and she said, and I was like, am I bleeding? And she goes, (laughs) (laughs) she goes, no. And then I had gotten hit so hard. My helmet came out and she, and then I said, Hey, but what about my hair? She said, everything's fine. So got hit, got body rocked, helmet got knocked off. I was worried. I was like, am I bleeding? Is my hair still straight? And she was like, yes. And I was like, please help me get up. And of course, you know, when you've been down for so long, when you get up, you know, I didn't know this then. And it wasn't registering when I watched football, everybody started clapping. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like, yeah. So just limp off. The next day, I literally thought I had been in a car accident. My entire body was just so sore. And so after not being able to catch the ball, because now anytime you would throw at me, I was always looking behind me instead of looking to put my hands on the ball. So then I got turned over to be a corner. But then that time being that, you never wanted to be the person that got scored on. So you're out there like, please don't come to my side. Please don't come to my side. Please don't throw to my side. So it was a great experience. I did get a Super Bowl ring out of it. But when I went to my coach at the end of that first season and I was like, hey, um, I don't think I'm going to come back for next season. He said, "Okay, I I can see that. I understand that. This has been great. You were fun. But it's just it's an intense sport. So kudos to all the football players, all the rugby players, all the soccer, all the soccer players. That's that that type of strenuous. Even the boxers I'm learning now, like. These sports, like you're putting wear and tear on your body, but football, yeah. yeah so I know it looks like it, but yes, <laughs> your girl's an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I sympathize with knocking out the helmet. It happened to me one time when I played high school football, and uh, I think that it had. A, I was a senior, and the kid was a freshman. I want to say that he was probably one of the smallest people in the football team but the way he tackled me was like through my legs as soon as he knocked me out the helmet went off helmet flew like, off yeah oh man painful so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an intense sport like oh, i yeah. give i take my hat off to him because who we yeah it was a great experience i'll never do it again <laughs> and a, another job that you had was actually you were a teacher but i've heard you mention before that you were maybe a teacher for just a week so what happened that you were only a teacher for a week well, 
the kids see my mama used to I'm like I can't keep reiterating it enough being from the south I feel like it's just a different set of rules and because I only grew up there then that's all I can you know go off of but my mother could look at me and I would know freeze I would know to probably look to strangers to see if I could go home with them because I knew going home with that lady <laughs> I was going to get killed that night so the the kids nowadays they just don't, they don't care. You know how they say kids are brutally honest. See, the problem yeah. is these kids have everything at their fingertips. You know, our parents could lie to us back when we were kids and we had no idea, no way. We just knew to believe our parents. Now right. a kid can ask Siri, they can ask Alexa, they can ask anybody or they can go online for themselves. And these kids are just brutal. So yeah, I will never forget teaching school. My sister teacher I had to have my kids read out loud, just go around. And they were seniors. They were like, why are we in 12th grade reading out loud? Because that's all I can do with y'all. <laughs> but my classroom was so out of control that I had to leave my door open. So if my sister her t- parent, sister teacher heard, she could come over and, and help me and give me some type of escape. But, you know, as they say, black don't crack. So I graduated in June. And then in August, I had, it was just, they were just too brutal. And I was doing everything from driving, coaching, teaching, driving the school bus, all these different things. And wasn't bringing home $2,000 a month. And I'm like, come on now. So if we haven't learned anything from this pandemic, pay our teachers more, mm-hmm. pay our teachers more, pay our teachers more. Because y'all see now that all the notes that she used to send home about little Timmy, she was not picking mm-hmm. on little Timmy. Little Timmy is not timeout worthy. Oh yeah, Every child is not timeout worthy. Some of them need a little even if you know what you see this me right here if you just grab them right ding ding if you just get them right there that'll get them in line that'll oh, get yeah. them together yeah oh. that thin meat that little thin skin that guy that'll <laughs> get that's not a whooping but just get their attention because these kids now they don't care oh yeah they're brutal they're horrible and i've seen like substitute teachers like on their first day, like just cry or break down just from 17 year olds, like teenagers from troubled backgrounds, just get in their face and just make fun of them. Oh my God. Like I I have a respect for teachers since I was in high school, but like during this (laughs) whole quarantine situation, I think people are now appreciating teachers a lot more. I've always respected teachers. They should be. They should be. If not, I don't know what's wrong with them. But you sh- <laughs> if you didn't appreciate your kid's teacher before now, oh, yeah. like everyone should be writing like love notes to their <laughs> kids' teachers because we see now and I'm proud. And you know what? I probably would have been a Benadryl baby. I, I know that my mother <laughs> gave me Benadryl like Pedialyte when I was a child just to get me to calm down. Uh-huh. I know she did. I know she did. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen before a few postings of you and actually Kiana Dancy, who you mentioned that is your sister in comedy. And I love Kiana yes. Dancy. She was on the episode a while back and I really had a great time with her. How'd you two meet and just become close friends? Kiana came out. She was in, I met Kiana first in LA and you know, I hate the the topic or the discussion. Everybody wants to say that, you know, women can't get along. Female comedians don't get along. And I haven't ran into that. I have not ran into that at all. Like you'll go to a show, you'll have five comics, only one woman. And I recently just saw a show with Kev on stage. He did an all-female lineup, the socially distanced comedy show. It was Mm -hmm. all women. 
And it was an amazing show. So the minute I met Kiana, I knew immediately because it was always about sharing information. Hey, did you hear about this? Hey, did you hear about this? Hey, they're looking for this. They're booking this. Hey, they're doing this. And every time we got together, it was just about sisterly love. Like I even actually so recently got upset with her because she was being adamant and on top of me handling my business. And I was like, hey, I need a minute. (laughs) But it's just that true sister type situation where you just want to see each other succeed. You want to see each other do well. And in this business and in this industry, you need a team. And I'm not talking about your publicist, your manager, your agent. I'm talking about your friends that'll help you self-tape. I'm talking about your friends that you can call and say, they told me I didn't get to court because I'm fat. And they're going to say, no, girlfriend, you look good. They just didn't know what they was looking for. You need that team. And Kiana has been that for me, along with so many other um, female comedians you know, in the industry and, and, and I can call them friends and, and we need that. You definitely, you cannot be in this industry alone. You might be on stage alone, but there's no way that you're going to make it in this industry by yourself. Oh yeah. Surround yourself with like-minded people that are driven, that are creators, that are creative and want to create. And it'll rub off on you. Like I always tell my nephew, like you cannot be the smartest person in your group. (laughs) If you are, get out of it. And that's another thing. A lot of people are always like, oh, you know, you don't have to be in L.A. or New York or Chicago to make it. No, you don't. You're absolutely right. However, you are what you eat. And if you're surrounding yourself with creators and people that want to um, create, that's going to rub off on you. And it's just a larger pool in the larger cities. You're definitely right. I mean, especially being around like-minded people. Like if you hang around negative people, you should start questioning yourself. Because, yeah. Because misery loves company. And why is it that you want to hang out with it? Yes. Because especially after someone shows you, and and we say this and we say this, but we don't take heed to it. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Believe Mm -hmm. them. So if you see that someone or something is toxic and you start, you continue to put yourself in that, now it's start trying to start to do some self-checking and some accountability to ask yourself, why is it that I, I do I know the formula now that A plus B over there equals toxic and I'm putting myself in it. Why am I doing that? So now you can no longer, I've even started saying, like if somebody's like, oh, well, what's wrong? I can no longer say Joe or Jim or such and such piss me off. I'm unhappy because I'm choosing to be unhappy. I'm putting myself in that situation. And I try my best not to anymore because life is too short. And I know every day isn't going to be about chiffon and Skittles and pink graffiti, but at least 28 of the 30 days need to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. And go where you celebrate it. Go where you're celebrating. Go where they're going to be like, oh, those are some beautiful blue eyes. Well, come on in here. I I think I will. (laughs) Go where you celebrate it and choose the least resistant path. Oh, yeah. We want to choose the hard one. It's like, no, (laughs) all my life I had to fight. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, an interesting project that you've actually produced on your own. And from what I've noticed that it's kind of been a baby of yours that you've been actually starting up for a couple of years that recently you just got a chance to finally start doing was your Coffee with Crystal program. So what got you interested in starting that? 
what got me interested in starting that is not waiting for someone, not waiting for Hollywood. Like, of course, my dream job right now, I would love to be a TV host or sit on a panel with other like-minded people and discuss, you know, topics and what's going on in the world and highlight, you know, superstars in the world. Um, but of course, right now, Holly, hello, yeah, hello, they hadn't called yet. So <laughs> instead of waiting on them to call, I did my first season myself on a sardine and saltine cracker budget and it came out all right. And now we're getting ready to uh, shoot season two. We have sponsors as well as, you know, a budget and some production behind it. So I can't wait to see what it's going to be like with some actual money and, and production behind it. But yes, it's my baby. And I had to, I wanted to, I wanted to put out into the world what I wanted to see myself doing. So I feel like if, and this is for anyone else, like if you have projects that you want to work on, you can't wait. Like if you want to see yourself playing a detective, write a screenplay or write a short series and put yourself in it as a detective. Now you're giving someone a visual to see you, but you're also giving someone a visual because think about it. When, when it comes to these big productions, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars and you've got to persuade someone that they can trust their project and their money with you. So I think if you can show that, hey, I'm willing to do this with my own budget and my own money and my own blood, sweat, and tears, then I think they'll be more likely to trust you with theirs. And if they don't, hey, you've got your own project. Now, as you see, we have all these different platforms. Oh, yeah. YouTube stars are just like television stars. Put it on YouTube, let it live there, get your fan base to come there, and you've got your own TV show. So I tell people all the time, that's the biggest advice that I can give to anyone. Do not wait on Hollywood to call. Oh, yeah. Don't wait on the shivery. Don't wait on the cavalry to come because they're not coming. <laughs> and create your own projects. Put your own blood, sweat, and tears and your own money into it. And and why make, why work so hard to make someone else rich when you can do it yourself? So coffee with Crystal. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. Like anything could really, like any platform could really blow you up i don't know if you've heard about that i think it's guys like dog face or 420 dog face where he was just yeah. a boy with the ocean spray drink and instantly i guess he just went viral and became famous he was just on chris cuomo this morning oh, wow. ocean spray gave him a, a brand new truck oh, man. tony baker did his voice up. like it's it's crazy oh, but yeah. you like you've got so many people and i have i i just tweeted the other day i was like i woke up feeling inspired and I keep dropping these names because these are guys that I've seen personally create their own, not even a lane. They created their own freeway. Tony Baker, Tahir Moore, Kev on stage, the 85, 85th show, which is Chico Bean, Carlos, DC Youngfly. These guys did not wait on Hollywood to call them. They created their own lane on online. And now Hollywood is like, hey, y'all yeah, yeah, hey, oh, yeah. um, want to come work with us? And it's oh, like, yeah. why would I give Netflix a percentage of my money when I can do it all on my own? Oh, yeah. So, and when you, and, and that's when you have those types of people to be around and to look at, because it's one thing when someone says, hey, I did it this way and you can do it too. But when you can see someone from A to Z, 
You've seen them put in the work. You've seen them, you know, we have to do things as if Hollywood is paying us already. So just like, yeah. you know, not to say this isn't a big production, but this is a big uh, podcast on Spotify. Like Joe Rogan, you get a hundred million dollars for it. <laughs> and that's what it is. And we have to treat our projects just oh, yeah. like that, especially if we want to attract that. So don't oh, yeah. forget me when you get your hundred million dollar deal. Yeah. Oh, never. All right. Your program is really great. I got a chance to see a couple of episodes of it, but just curious. Thank you. Something that you really want to do and continue. Who are some of your dream guests that you would like to interview? Um, It's funny. I just did a guest list today of a mock one and what I'm hoping. So I'm putting it out there now. Uh, Of course, I would love to have Tony Baker to hear Kev. D-Lay, um, Angela Hoover, Lulu Gonzalez. Uh, who else did I have on there? Ron G. And these are just, and, and, and this is the reach because a lot of people might be like, I've never heard of these guys. And if you haven't, I don't know where you, you've been. Um, but uh, those are, that's the guest list that I'm actually trying to, to reach out to right now. Now, of course, once I do make it to the next level, I would love to have people like, Whoopi Goldberg and, you know, Lily Tomlin, like you couldn't tell me as a kid that I wasn't going to marry a Puerto Rican named Ricky because I loved Lou, like Lucille Ball was everything to me. So, you know, I love female comedians, you know, Wanda Sykes, I would love to have her on there so I could tell her that, yes, they do give black people ibuprofen when we go to the emergency room instead of, you know, the serious stuff. So it, I, there are tons of people I would love. I've been around Dave Chappelle a few times. I was around him last year in Montreal at at, uh, one of the festivals. And I've never been able to have a conversation just to, hey, she's a comic. Hey, you know, the awkward because he's Dave Chappelle. Um, But I would love to have someone ultimately like that on on my show because I would love to uh, know how he can make this social climate right now funny. Like that's how I grade my comedy. When I, when I look at a comic and, and watch a comedian, someone like Dave Chappelle, and he can turn 846 into something magnificent. I'm like, let me throw my whole joke book around. Don't nobody want to hear about titty sweat when this man is sitting up here telling me. <laughs> so those are people that down the line that I would love. But as far as like season two, I'm hoping that list of, uh, because we have eight episodes. I'm hoping that that list um, is who will be on season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and I've heard that you're a big fan of her. So why has she been a big inspiration for you? She's been a big inspiration because she followed the funny. Like, if you watch Whoopi's work, like, Whoopi Goldberg was someone that you you forgot that she was a woman. And she was just funny. That was another reason that I loved Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball was the opposite. She was so beautiful. And she made you forget that she was beautiful. Whoopi Goldberg never did any self-defecate. Like, you know, where some some women comedians, they feel like, oh, well, she's too pretty or she's too this. So she has to start attacking herself. Yeah. Whoopi never did that. Yeah. And Sister Act, I'm so glad... So if Whoopi, if you're hearing this, oh, <laughs> please put me on Sister Act 3. Oh, y'all, yeah. if y'all are listening, if y'all are in the universe, if anybody is, if Whoopi Goldberg, if Miss Goldberg is your third cousin, or if y'all both take y'all pets to the same place to get groomed, please drop a note to Miss Goldberg. Whoopi, Miss Whoopi Goldberg, please put me in Sister Act 3. Please. Oh, that would be my, oh my goodness. Can you believe it? Well, yeah. 
Isn't that where Lauren Hill got her big break in Sister Act 2? Is yes. that where people are? Yes. So let's put that in the universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> and I've heard you mention before that a big name that you've actually worked with in the past was the late Robin Williams. So how is it working with him? You know what? Robin was before I actually even really knew I wanted to do stand up. I just was, I was wanting to just be an actor. And I always tell people this, and people that know me, they'll be like, she's so sure. People can smile. I can tell people's mood, their spirit by their eyes. And the moment I met him, his eyes were smiling at me. I was just so excited because he hadn't said two words. And his eyes just were so happy and oh, full man. of life. Yes, there was pain in there. That's pretty much most yeah. comics. The, the late, great um, Richard Pryor used to say, you know, laugh through our pain. Like yeah. the worst pain is the best on stage. So, so you could tell in the distant that, you know, there was some pain there. But he was just such a happy person. And, you know, I was an actor. Didn't even have my SAG card at the time. And I'll never forget. It was Robin Williams, Don Cheadle, and Harrison Ford, and Calista um, Flockhart, his fiance at the time. And so everyone was kind of like being a little stiff because, you know, these are people we've never heard of before. And you've heard this on sets before. If a background artist gives the main actor eye contact, that's that's grounds to get fired. Oh, man. So everybody was doing all types of stuff. And we were all like, we're nobody. So let's just kind of stay out of the way. He was like, uh-uh, what's your name, girl? All right, let's get to it. What we doing? Hey, y'all. And he was, he was just, it was like, he was my cousin. And I was like, oh, your eyes are smiling. You're a good person and you're nice because it's the worst thing to meet someone that you think is like just this great artist and they're talented and they're so funny and they're right. all of these great things. And then you get to meet them and they're a butthole. And you're like, oh yeah. You don't e- you don't even like them anymore. You're like, you're not as talented as I I thought you were, which I get it, oh, yeah. everybody wants a break, but come on, guys, because artists are no one without fans. Yeah. We're no one. Like if we don't have anyone that wants to watch our content or that wants to hear our us talk or that wants to watch our videos or come to our shows, we're we're nobody. So I never understand, you know, when you find an artist that's great but they're a butthole it's like don't come on man so robin williams yes he was absolutely amazing i have his book as a memento in there and of course i was devastated but uh that that's the same thing with the mayor's got america's got talent that's something that'll never leave me it'll always be on my resume and i'll always have that dear to my heart because he was one of the you know first people that i ran across that was that made me say oh my god i want to do stand up this is what i want to do and this guy is great That's amazing. Well, Crystal, we're at a recurring segment in this podcast called Words of Wisdom. So this question is, share with us a quote you live by and tell us why. Uh, Quote that I live by, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Um, Mental health is so important. Um, Everyone's dealing with everything. And it doesn't, my mom used to always tell me, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. But sometimes what you need to say, even for that person, needs to be said. You know, it might be like with me, I'm working on telling people how I feel because I hold things in. And then the next thing, you know, I've already left the building. They're like, wait, where'd you go? And I was like, oh, I didn't tell you my feelings was hurt two hours ago. So yeah. I'm leaving. So I'm working on 
being upfront about how I truly feel. But there's a difference between me saying, hey, you hurt my feelings when you said A, B, C, D versus you better not say that shit no more. You say some bullshit like that to me, oh, yeah. and it's going to be some problems. So I always tell people, you are absolutely very accurate at all times to express yourself. And any emotion that you're having is the right emotion. You don't have to live in it, but allow yourself to feel that so you can identify it so we can try not to allow it to happen again. So a lot of people do need to say those things and get those things off their chest, but just be careful in your delivery. So it's always not what you say, it's how you say it. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) You're welcome. Since we're wrapping up, is there anything you want to share with our listeners? Yes, listeners, please, please, please. Um, The Funny by Nature Tour presented by Miss Vivica A. Fox. We are kicking off our tour this weekend in Texas. So Saturday, Friday, we're going to be in Austin at Victory Girls, Saturday in Houston at Grooves, and Sunday in Dallas at Hyenas. But in case you're not ready to get out, I understand it. I completely understand it and I respect it. Please, please, please get a virtual ticket. Go to BeSmoothENT.com to get your virtual link so that you can join in on the funny and burn some calories and have some fun. And forget for just a few moments how terrible the world is right now. But I promise you it's going to get better. At least I hope. Yeah, definitely will. But, you know, I appreciate this conversation that we've had. (laughs) Obviously, I've had a great time just talking with you and chatting. Yeah. Yay, I'm glad. Me too. It went by quick. I was like, dang, okay. That's good though. Because usually some people just be, you would be having a stare off contest. Like, okay, you gonna blink. I'm gonna blink. You gonna blink. So this was great. Great interview. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the research. Because sometimes people be like, oh, well, you, you from Mississippi, right? What? Crooked letter, crooked letter. No, I'm not. So I do appreciate that, the professionalism. And I would come back anytime you would have me. Oh, definitely, definitely. But Crystal Powell, thank you so much for joining us on Irie Chat and best of luck on everything. Thank you so much. Follow me, Crystal P Comedy, guys. Really appreciate it and have a wonderful work week. Thank you. And eat all the cake you can. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Our Ivy Chat with Crystal Powell. Catch her on the Vivica A. Fox Presents Funny by Nature Comedy Tour. Get the virtual tickets at bsmoothent.com. Make sure to follow all our socials. You may find more information in the show notes. Please rate our podcast and let us know what you think of it. I hope you stay safe with everything going on right now. To keep yourself occupied, go ahead and catch your chats on YouTube as well. Thanks for listening to our Irie Chat, and I'll see you soon.